0: when you're learning to let go and let something be an independent entity of yourself, whether it's an employee or a property, you have to learn to just let somebody else do it. And if you're clear about your expectations, the quality of what they're doing will be what you're asking for from them.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Short Term Rental Secrets podcast. I'm your host, Mike Shogren, here with my main man and co-host, Mr. Emmanuel pani What's going on, E?
2: How are you, brother? How's life? I'm
1: doing well, man. I'm doing well. It's 80 and sunny up here in Boston. It's absolutely gorgeous. How you doing? Yeah.
2: it's a it's 101 and absolutely miserable in South Florida right now. So I would probably rather be in Boston at the time. But I mean, yep. hey, hopefully, hopefully in the in the near future, I I, I also get a na- nice uh airbnb property up there that i can just move my management to for the for the summer for the month, three
1: you know? for the three months out of the year yeah, that exactly my weather's know. better than yours yeah
2: i'll become a snowbird like the other way around uh uh kind of cool weather cool weather bird i should say there you go um so you opened the doors to your hotel
1: we did we between did between the we, last
2: time we spoke and now
1: yeah, it was uh, it was pretty crazy. We opened up last weekend. Um, had a lot of great guests in there. Had some some maintenance issues that unfortunately had a, a sewer line break, like right out front of the property that we had to do an emergency excavation, literally on the Saturday of our opening weekend, which was which was absolutely insane. But you know, we got it handled. I uh, got it replaced. Got the bathrooms completely sanitized and we're good to go. So unfortunately, it was just down in our club room. Like none of the rooms got affected. So all the guests, you know, they still had a great time. I just had to close the club room for, for a day or so, so.
2: Yeah. I mean, hey, things always happen. Things always happen. Yeah. So I'm super excited for our guest today. It's actually somebody that I don't personally know, but Christina Robson, that was our guest a couple of weeks ago. Um, She introduced us because she said she's doing some amazing things with her her Airbnb down in South Florida, and she's just an overall awesome person. Uh, Christina kind of scares me sometimes, so I kind of do whatever she says. Um, So I'm like, okay, maybe we should have her on as a guest. Um, We had some technical issues over the past couple of weeks. Sometimes us, sometimes her Wi-Fi shit always happens. Um, So I'm super excited to have you on. And no further ado, I'll let you kind of introduce yourself. Hi, Christine. How are you?
0: Hi, hey, I'm very excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me.
2: Yes, so glad you finally made it.
0: Yeah, I know. Me too. It's been a very interesting few months since we first started talking about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah Covid happened, right? In in the yeah. whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. we were talking back in like early March.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then we're yeah. like, we don't even know if this industry is gonna still be around. So
0: <laughs> we don't know what's gonna happen.
2: <laughs> if we should put a break on it. So you have. So you're originally from from Jamaica?
0: No, I'm oh. actually from Colorado. Okay. I grew up in Colorado, and I was yeah. never particularly fond of the snow. I mean, mm-hmm. I like to look at it. I don't want to dig my car out of it at 5 a.m. while it defrosts. I don't think that's fun. So I moved to South Florida. Actually, first I moved to Orlando, and that was when I was 20. I'm now 40. And I participated in the Disney College program. And then I decided I loved Florida, so I was going to move to South Florida. And I thought it was like moving to another country without actually having to go there, especially when you were driving. And I loved it there. So I stayed there for 17 years until my wife's job transferred us out here to El Paso, Texas.
2: Ooh, okay. Nice. And then, so... In your, I was kind of reading over over the little bio that you sent us over, and you've done kind of like a bit of a lot of stuff. Yes, it I have. Works well for where you're at now with with the Airbnb. So, go for it.
0: No, I was gonna say it really does. <laughs> yeah,
2: but the my favorite thing about it, and it, it sounds like you kind of became accidentally a Airbnb host <laughs> by subletting out rooms. Yes to medical students is that how that happened
0: so what actually started was i long before i met my wife i would rent out an extra room in my house and sometimes i would rent it out and sometimes i would give it away for free to couch surfers from couchsurfing.com and when she moved in with me um, that ended she was not comfortable (laughs) with that plan i'm a little more free-spirited than she is and um when we found out that we had to move to Texas, we wanted the the house to be available to us when we wanted to go home and we're homesick. And I've always really loved the hospitality industry. You know, I spent a long time with Disney and then I worked on private yachts. And so all of those very detail-oriented, guest-oriented behaviors came very naturally to me. Mm -hmm. And so we decided to go ahead and turn our beloved home into an Airbnb. And it's funny because when we first thought, oh, how long will this take to turn the house into a rental, we forecast it at six weeks and it took about five months.
1: <laughs> wow. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? I want to I hear that. So what, what took five months to get it live?
0: So the house itself is a lovely 1947 cottage style home and it's a great home but to turn it from a home into basically a miniature hotel is a completely different experience and one that I hadn't really had before. So, having all the furniture be uniform and sort of cohesive as opposed to a little hodgepodge like most of our houses are Mm -hmm. Uh, making sure that i had a locked supply closet that had everything it needed the number of trips to ikea became a little obscene Um, as far as (laughs) oh i have to have extra towels or extra sheet sets and oh i also need to have all the cleaning supplies and, you know, small things like the cable cord that sort of dips on the wall, you had to fix that and make sure that was, you know, very nice and polished. There was a very long 23-page list of things that had to get done, and it always grew. Part of this is because I am, as Christina will tell you, an extremely detailed or person. Of the people who are detailed, I'm probably at the top 1% of them, and take it pretty far. I wouldn't
1: have guessed that from the 23-page five month prep time <laughs> that's yeah It that was ride. definitely not a giveaway of that
0: between disney and yachting that there were certain things that i constantly noticed missing in other properties and i wanted to make sure we had that in ours so one small example of this is and people hear me rant about it all the time that if you ever stayed in a hotel or an airbnb and it can sleep two or four or six people but there's only one coat hook or one towel hook in the bathroom So small things like that, I wanted to make sure that we had. I wanted to make sure that we had one hook per person in the bathroom. I wanted to make sure we had extension cords on each side of each headboard so people didn't have to search for outlets in our older home. A lot of small things like that that took up a great deal of time to actually execute.
2: Mm, Yeah, but you really did. and, And I tell this to my team all the time, right? You just look at the property and put yourself through the shoes of the traveler. And just make sure that you are going the extra mile, even the things that you normally wouldn't want, but like put yourself in the mindset of, hey, if you're a guest paying good money for an Airbnb, what would you want to have that you normally have at home, right? And just really look at it with, with that. Um, so what's interesting, so a lot of times we have people on here that are primarily hosts and they run their own property Your situation, it's a little bit different. So, what? So, it took you all five months to have the house running. And then, once the house, so, were you in Florida still, or were you already on your way out?
0: No, I was in Florida. My wife was already in El Paso, Texas. Got it. And because I was doing almost all of the work on the house myself, so everything from painting the exterior of the house and the garage to doing the mulching, I was doing almost all the labor myself. Okay. So that times- explains
1: the five months more and more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm like, man, I, we could have helped you get that thing up in a couple of weeks. No,
0: <laughs> no I had to uh, refurbish our roof and paint the roof and pressure wash and paint the fences and the house and. The, uh, the garage which is detached and do all the mulch because I was trying to bring down the cost as much as possible by doing the labor myself and the lesson I learned in that you learn a lot of lessons when you do vacation rentals is that it actually would have saved us money to pay somebody to do it
1: mm. so we would have got all that after. booking yeah. revenue
0: yeah so it was one of those things you just kind of have to learn from experience the hard yeah. way
1: yeah that's
2: awesome I <laughs> yell at Christina for that all the time you and Christina are very similar yeah. Like she's uh she's uh I'm gonna load up my Honda Civic until the rims are literally touching the ground <laughs> and the car is all like I don't know how the car is still running. Like put like 18 bags of mulch in like an old Honda Civic. <laughs> yeah. Um so that's that's a whole different story. But so you're a little bit different than some of our past guests. So you you begin your your short-term rental and then you as the actual owner and host move to Texas. And then you have a co-host down here in South Florida. Yes. So how how did you find her?
0: So we had two previous co-hosts before we brought on Becky. The first one, it just sort of, we had different expectations, so it didn't quite work out. You know, the thing with detail-oriented people is we expect the people who work for us to be detail-oriented, so that can Mm -hmm. be a bit of a struggle sometimes. (laughs) Totally. And then the next host we had, she was amazing. We loved her, Jan lion. She's incredible, but she had other properties, and so the extra things we needed done just didn't quite work for her. So we ended up hiring Becky Rebecca Ricano, and people often tell us we pay her too much, but she is incredible, and she does the most amazing job. So my expectation, and I was very clear about this, is that she cleans for the entire cleaning window, which is five hours. I don't want shortcuts taken. I wanna make sure everything is done as thoroughly as possible because it just takes that one guest who's mildly disgruntled about some small thing to start sort of a cascade of issues. So Becky and I actually used to work at Disney together. So I knew she had that uh, sort of attention to detail personality that I was looking for and really needed in the property.
2: Got it.
1: So, so what, it, you say you she pay She's a time? co-host and a cleaner? For you?
0: Yes. So what she does is she cleans the property after every guest checks out and before the next one checks in. And then she takes care of if I'm busy with work, she takes care of the guest communications, which is usually the thing I do. But because I also work a full time job, I'm not always able to do that. Um, And she takes care of all the errands so going to Costco and refilling on supplies that we need. And she does a million extra little things for our guests. We have one guest who stayed with us five times so far. We're stepping up to our six with Deb. And so she will make special banners for her and put out a special basket that she custom makes for her. She goes above and beyond every single time she works with us. So we love her and we pay her the cleaning fee and 15% of each booking and it's well worth it. Because yeah. we couldn't run the house from all the way over here without her.
2: No, I mean, and you do it. I, I think for me, as soon as you said the welcome banner and basket kind of reminds me of like the luxury kind of yacht experience. Yes. Right? They, yes. they like show up on the yacht and they have your favorite snacks and your drinks yep. are all cold and then just, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? They know what kind of toilet paper you like. So that's there too. Like you're just like yes. oh, these people thought about everything. Yes, Which is very... So do you, um, in your guys' vision, do you envision scaling to more units? Do you just want to have just a couple units? And how do you see that extreme level of, like, customer service, almost like a Ritz-Carlton kind of kind of level customer service? How do you see that rep- – like, how do you create another Becky? Or, like, does she – how is that going to work for you guys?
0: So – we would love to get more units. And once COVID things have calmed down a little bit, that's probably what we're going to do. And my ultimate dream is to open up a small full service bed and breakfast or a boutique inn, because I really love doing this. Um, One of the things I've learned from Becky is that I need to always have, well, just managing the property. I need to have very clear expectations. And that starts from the moment that you interview and then hire somebody. So one thing I do with Becky is I, every time I'm back in South Florida, we sit down and I type out a full eval of what she's been doing and everything she's been doing an awesome job at, maybe the few things that need to be improved. And that's really helped make sure that we're always on the same, same page. So I think going forward into getting other units, the key would be to maintain those expectations from the beginning. And when vetting candidates for the role, making sure that those expectations are clearly expressed and then maintained throughout the, the employment.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's smart. I mean, and that's, that's, that's one of the ways that I would see you being able to do that. Cause I mean, if, if not, I mean, my thing, I don't.
0: I think expectations are, a, it's sort of the magic word for everything in life. You know, everything yeah. <laughs> is not what you expect in a situation. And learning to articulate that can resolve and prevent a lot of problems. I actually execute that frequently with our guests. So I know a lot of people struggle with having guests who have unauthorized parties and events at their property. And I see this pop up in Airbnb forums and groups all the time in social media. And I think that there's two key factors in preventing it. Well, possibly three. So first is we have security exterior security cameras on the on the premises of our property. And they have, with the exception of the ring doorbell, which we also have, all of our security cameras have a cellular backup. So anytime they try to take the wifi offline, which did happen once, it doesn't matter because we're still gonna get it. Um, the feed oh, from wow, cameras. Wow. Yeah. So that's one, but this, the bigger one is really just preventing it before it starts. So big thing I do, I do it with almost all of my guests unless we've had them before, I can pretty much tell it's not gonna be an issue, especially around spring break. I let all of the guests know when they book that we have exterior cameras on the property and that we're very good na- friends with all of our neighbors and that unauthorized parties, events or gatherings are not allowed and that they may not have more people on staying overnight at the house, then are allotted on the reservation. And if they try to do any of those things, the reservation will be canceled without a refund and they will be removed from the property. Usually, and I say it in a very sort of warm and welcoming way, and I say, Oh, if you have any other questions, you know, please feel free to let me know. I like to prevent any misunderstandings before they occur. What I've noticed is when I say that right up front and create that expectation, the people who are hoping to do that usually cancel. And the ones who were thinking about it say, oh, absolutely, we won't. We'll let you know if we have anybody over. And it's prevented pretty much every problem that we could imagine after the one time we had a party that we shut down.
1: Nice. Nice. So going into that a little bit more because like we've got properties in four different states now. We had them in five. We're not in Texas anymore. But the biggest thing that people say is, well, how do you manage and keep eyes on the property. And one of the ways is just like you said, right? Like having security cameras on every property, period, that's a Mm -hmm. non-negotiable. Setting those expectations with guests, Mm -hmm. like we reiterate that over and over and over in every message. Um, And then we also use a couple of things like the noise aware sensors. I don't know if you're familiar with those, but they just plug in and they measure noise levels. So I get a text message right away quiet hours are 10 p.m. to 8 a.m. and I have it set up. So if they start making noise or if they go over this threshold, I'll get a text message right away. And if that happens, I basically just call the guests and I just say, hey, hope you guys are having a great time. Like I'm not trying to be grandma over here, but I just got a noise complaint from one of the neighbors and they're really good friends with us. So we got to ask you to tone it down. And like when I word it that way, as opposed to like, Hey, I've got this like device in there that I'm monitoring you. <laughs> and they, that they're not as receptive to it. Yeah. I mean, it's all disclosed in our listings, but at the same time, you know, people want to be in general, people want to be good neighbors and they get it like this is your house. Right. So they tend to get that. So for you, what kind of gave you the confidence that you knew it was going to be taken care of, especially somebody as detail oriented as you are. Right. Like, a lot of a lot of my students, I tell them over and over again, like you can do this out of state, and they see a lot of people doing it. But they, there's still this fear because it's like just out of the comfort zone. So how did how did you get over that?
0: Part of it is, in truth, you have to learn to let go and le- learn to let people do things the way they're going to do them, and not necessarily the way you would do them. And for me, that was definitely the hardest step, accepting oh. that. Becky or whomever was with us was going to do things in in their own way of processing, but then also maintaining a certain standard. So for me, I realized that if I could clearly express that, then a lot of my fears regarding what would and wouldn't be done would go away. So in my typical detail oriented way. I typed up a room-by-room room cleaning list, and then I laminated it. <laughs>
1: yeah. no, that's I actually, perfect. I
2: actually laughed extremely. Both Mike and I laughed really hard because we we asked all our guests, for, for those of you listening, um, to fill out a little questionnaire so we get to know them a little bit better, right? And, and just to kind of signify to what she was just talking about, she goes into them. I pay an intense amount of attention to details when it comes to organizing and setting up the house. I have a somewhat abusive relationship with my label maker and laminator. (laughs) Both me and Mike started laughing hysterically because we were like, okay.
0: I really do. Yeah, I should send you a picture of our cleaning supply closet. Each drawer is labeled, each section in each drawer has a label and then because i was just being a little comical not because i didn't think becky didn't know what a broom was i decided to go ahead and label the brooms and the dust (laughs) pans. we have bins in our our um garage we have a detached garage and in each bin is holiday gear so if guests want a christmas tree or a menorah or something we have all of that and of course in each bin is clear and it has a big piece of paper on it with a picture of what season it is and it says it clearly and it's laminated and right on the front of it so it's yeah. easy to find i mean
2: i'm knowing all, all of this now i'm actually surprised it only took you five months
0: i know but really i'm very very detail oriented <laughs> no yeah. i my my wife's big joke with us when we're working on any project she's amazing she's a very efficient person but I think it's very difficult to be incredibly efficient if you're very very detail oriented because some people see dead people well I see details everywhere I look <laughs> and so <laughs> my wife always jokes okay so this is the whole big picture and she's looking at the whole big picture and I'm right here like but this one thing right Right? Did you see the one thing? Who cares about that? Did you see the one thing? Because I very much zero in on the small details. And sometimes that's great and sometimes it's not. But I think in hospitality that makes a really big difference because I have different things labeled in the house for guests so they don't have to figure out where the recycling bin is. I have the trash sheet labeled, printed out, and laminated on the refrigerator. And I, every guest we've had, with the exception of one, has loved that. One guest told me there's too many signs in the house. Okay, that's all right. That's, what are you going to do? I don't assume that they know how to use the thermostat because what if they come from Europe and it's different. So hanging underneath our thermostat, I have a sheet that has the instructions with pictures on how to use it. And it also has a conversion for Celsius to Fahrenheit. Yeah,
1: oh, that's, that's awesome. huge. So very powerful. for those that are listening and <clears throat> E asked you a question about scaling. So, what you've essentially done is is created systems. Now, I don't know if you have it like documented, but when I'm hearing you talk about your co-host and all the stuff that she's doing as the local boots on the ground and hearing how detail-oriented you are, basically, you just need to take that cleaning manual that you made for her. This is just unsolicited advice, but just how I'm I thinking it. through your business mm-hmm. is I would I would use all of those and put together like, SOPs, right? Like the book, The E-Myth, if anybody's read that book, or if you haven't, you should definitely pick it up if you're looking to grow a business and scale. Because that that was the biggest thing for me was pulling myself out of the business. I had to have the right systems that were detailed and training processes for all my team. But for you, somebody that's as good as your co-host, I would hire a separate cleaning team so that your co-host would be freed up to actually manage and co-host all of your properties. Because if you have a really good cleaning, ideally company that has multiple people, like we've got a dynamite set up by me that we use for all of our short-term rentals and they actually clean this whole hotel for us too because they're so good. I don't even have to worry about it. Like I really don't. Like I'll go and inspect it after after every clean just to make sure it's good, but I know it's gonna be mint like every time. So then I don't even have to focus on that. I just make sure that, that their schedule, that they actually showed up and then I'll do a quick walkthrough here or somebody else from the team can do that. But when you've got a really good co-host like that person, they could spend more time either making those cards or making sure that they're responding to guests and kind of dividing and conquering. Because as you scale, she's not gonna be able to handle or he isn't gonna be able to handle all of the responsibilities of cleaning and messaging and custom weaved baskets and wine and everything. Like there's just not enough hours in the day. That's
0: a really good point. I love that.
1: So it's just kind of chopping it up into highest and best use and what's in each person's best skill set. I
0: love that. I love that idea too of utilizing where people naturally excel and what comes naturally to them.
2: Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah, like you you shouldn't have been fixing your roof. (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) <laughs> well actually my father is a general contractor, so I grew up learning how to made
2: your dad work too. Wow. Look at you. <laughs> wow. So I okay. learned how to do
0: a lot of that stuff growing yeah. up. So it yeah, comes yeah. very naturally to me. That's
2: awesome. That's awesome. So I I actually love to talk about something else. So we have a question in our questionnaire, which is how has this impacted your life? Um one of our favorite quotes in there because we're always after creating financial freedom for ourselves is that this business has allowed you to look at your full-time job now as your side hustle Mm -hmm. so I would love to hear a little bit more about that and and how how that happened so did you so you're you work now in corporate finance is that still what you do
0: no, uh that's Christina. I Oh, that's work Christina. Corporate. Actually, I work again. I just started working again with Disney full time. <laughs> that just started. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so I'm pretty excited. I love that company, so and this I'm very naturally bubbly and animated, so it works well for me to work for them.
2: <laughs> that is awesome. So, what would you say if you could tell yourself from the very beginning of everything that you learned, right? So, if you let's say somebody's listening to this and they're in a similar spot. Their spouse is getting relocated. They love where they're from because that's where their family is. And they're like, okay, I, I don't want to sell this house. This is where the kids grew up. I want to be able to come home whenever. What would you say that you learned? So for them, it doesn't take five months, right? Like what, what would you say that beginning messages is to like, how do you go live and what, did you freak out about that? Now looking back, you're like, okay, that wasn't probably, that wasn't such a big deal.
0: Um, so I think the biggest thing I learned was to throw money at the problem. And that is sort of, I think one of the things that you just naturally learn in this is when you're learning to let go and let something be an independent entity of yourself, whether it's an employee or a property you have to learn to just let somebody else do it. And if you're clear about your expectations, the quality of what they're doing will be what you're asking for from them. So easily the thing that I wish that I could go back in time and do is hire a bunch of people to do a bunch of the work I was insisting on doing myself. So it was done just so that was probably an unnecessary thing. I could have focused on all of the inner details that I love and thrive at so much. Um, So that was definitely something I would go back. The other thing I would go back and do, and I will definitely do with our next property when we launch that, is I would be a lot more organized ahead of time before the renovations or refurbishing even start. I'd have sort of a clear, concise list of what needs to be done and when it needs to be done by, and then when necessary, I would delegate that. So I think it's easy when you start it to think, "Oh, I'll just turn this into an Airbnb. I'll get some cute furniture and some towels, and voila!" And then as you progress further into it, you realize, "Oh, I also need a locked cleaning supply closet and probably a Wi-Fi thermostat." And you start to realize all these little things that eat up more and more of your time as you're, you're as you're setting up the property.
1: Absolutely, that's Absolutely. some
2: gold in there.
0: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> We have a smart system for our property. So our, and this is one of my favorite features of our property. We have, we have the ring doorbell and some other security cameras. So we can verify the guests are who they say they are on the reservation. And then we remotely unlock the door from our telephone and let them in. And then there's a key fob, like what you would use for your car. And they use that to lock and unlock the front doors. And then when they leave, they leave the key fob inside and we can lock the house. That way there's never a key that they can make a copy of and should some sort of incident occur, we can lock them out of the house and disable the key fob without any problems. And the key fob ensures that all the windows are closed and all the doors are locked at the same time because otherwise it won't lock the door. And it turns the AC up to 77 in case they turned it way down.
1: What system is this? Yeah.
2: I'm (laughs) sorry? What system is it? Did so, you make one yourself?
0: No, no, you... no. Um, I think it, it's one of the smart locks from Home Depot. And we have ADT alarm security and we have it because it works as the hub for Z-Wave products. So like there's Nest products, which are more commonly known, but there's also other products like Nest. And so because the ADT system works as a hub for all of those products, our dining room light, our kitchen light, a bunch of our plugs, Um, Our exterior backyard lights are all on that system and they're all on a timer. So they turn themselves on and they turn themselves off.
1: Nice, very nice. I'm all about systems. I love learning stuff. That's awesome.
0: We'll (laughs) email you. I would have to look up on our Home Depot order, but I'll email you the exact lock. They are a little pricey. I think they're about 150 bucks, but they're well worth the peace of mind. Our cleaning closet actually has one of those locks on it and it knows to only unlock with our co-host key fob. So when she locks, say she were to forget to lock the cleaning closet, no big deal. It'll automatically lock and then it won't unlock for the guest key fob. Nice. Mm -hmm.
1: Nice. Very nice. I like it. I I always like to ask this. So especially somebody like you that's super, super detail oriented. um, I find a lot of times it's easy to get caught in the weeds like you talked about before. So now that you have your co-host and you have a full-time job, How many hours a week do you think that you're spending to run your property?
0: Now that it's been up and running for a while, maybe five to 10. Um, In the beginning, oh, it was a full-time job in the beginning, figuring out how to get on different sites and getting the pricing just right, making sure all the systems were in place. In the beginning, I was spending 30, 40 hours a week on it. But once it got up and running five, 10 hours a week at the most, some weeks two. It just depends. <laughs> yeah. Which is I, wish great. I met and you
1: before you launched it. We could have, we could have slimmed that way down, but that's why I, I asked.
0: Great. But I love to learn things the hard way, especially when it comes to letting go.
1: <laughs> and it, it works, right? It just takes more time. But like you said, now you've got it. And I'm, I'm willing to bet everything I have that if you kind of implement some of those systems and just, Ease off a little bit. You'll be amazed that your co-host will just run it for you, She's and really you'll be like two hours a week. I'm telling you, I
0: love two hours a week. Two hours a week is great for me.
1: You just gotta you gotta release the control. That's the that, biggest thing, and it's that so was hard. really
0: hard in the beginning. I kept, I think the first year I flew back to Florida, like six times. Like I could just not let go and let God, but eventually I, my wife was like, so real quick, we cannot afford to fly you home. Every time you want to deal with something with the house yourself, you're going to have to learn to trust the people we've hired. I'm like, Oh, really? Are you sure? <laughs> but eventually you
1: have, you have local handymen as well yes. that work for you.
0: Yes. So we have two local handymen that work for us. Um, one of my co host partner. And so that's great. And then we have one that does like slightly more complicated things. We also finally got a really good plumber. If you've ever had plumbing issues, you know, finding a solid plumber is actually kind of a tricky thing. Um, mm-hmm. And so we have a great plumber now. Our house was built in 1947. So sometimes it has attitude problems for no apparent reason that it just develops.
1: <laughs> yeah. Nice.
0: Oh, sorry, go ahead.
2: No, no, I just wanted, I just remembered that you, we had some technical difficulties earlier, and you were sharing with me as we were talking about canceled reservations that you had a canceled reservation. It was a quite substantial reservation, right? That something happened that you had to cancel. I would but love for you to tell that story.
0: It was really a painful reservation to lose. So, My wife and I were actually scheduled to move to Puerto Rico last November. November 15th was the day we were supposed to move to Puerto Rico, and we were really excited about moving. And she has made a homemade camper that goes on top of our truck from scratch. She's built the whole thing herself. So she was finishing it up so we could finally use it before our move to Puerto Rico uh, on October 2nd of 2019. And while cutting a piece of wood with our table saw, the wood caught... Um, a knot in the wood and it pulled her left hand in and she amputated two fingers off of her hand. Her pinky finger, her ring finger were hanging on the back of her hand. We actually didn't know they were even attached. Still, so. so she ran inside the house and told me to call 911 and grabbed a towel went back out into the driveway and was squeezing her wrist and holding it up above her head while waiting for the ambulance because as she said, she didn't want to bleed all over the house. And... <laughs> <laughs> the whole time I'm on the phone with 911, she's like, Can you find my fingers? I'm like, Well, how many am I looking for? It was a little horrifying. It was not, it was, and then I, I might have gotten a little sassy with the 911 operator. That might have happened because I felt like she wasn't being efficient enough in her responses with the situation we were having. So, um, <clears throat> That night, she went into emergency surgery. They were able to reattach the fingers, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, and wow. we got a booking an inf- a booking request uh, for $8,000. So it, was, it would have been great because it would have been October, November, and half of December. And it would have been perfect because the fall in Florida can be a little slow. Well, I was really preoccupied and I missed the booking request. And she said, you know, we have a a dog. Would that be okay? And we do allow dogs from time to time with an additional cleaning deposit just because we want to make sure the property is cleaned up for people with allergies. And I missed it and lost out on an $8,000 booking and she booked elsewhere. And it was pretty painful to lose out on that pretty painful,
2: oh, painful did day you, all around you, for both of you yeah it was
0: rough it was a rough day
2: <laughs> did you go on to cut other body parts because you missed the bookings or, or did i you... did i
0: was so <laughs> frustrated i almost didn't know what to do with myself i literally started to perspire because i was so frustrated it was freezing in the hospital and i was sweating bullets because i was so mad that i had missed the booking but those uh-huh. things they just happen you have to roll with it but i It definitely taught me a lesson. So now I have more than one alert uh, for my booking requests that come in. So I have a a regular alert that the the phone makes. And then I set up the secondary alert where if I don't respond to it the first time, it literally sets off a little police siren. So I pay attention to it the second
1: time. Mm.
2: And you have a co-host now, right?
1: That yes. She can take Yes, care hey, We're going to turn that off and send that right to your co-host. Yeah. Yes. She's
0: really amazing. I'm really lucky to have her. She's really helpful prior to that. Um, she didn't do things with the guests unless I asked her to, and she didn't know the accident had occurred. So she didn't know she should jump in and do something about it. So it was just mm-hmm. one of those events that happened. Yeah. You kind of learn. I mean, I don't know if you've ever had the experience of having a party at your um an unauthorized party at your property but it's just their learning experiences you usually only have to experience it once and then you move on.
2: Yeah Mike has had some some pretty interesting experiences over over time. Uh, but I want to be mindful of of your time. This has been awesome. So normally our last parting question is what is your number one s- secret to creating a profitable short-term rental business? So either a short-term rental unit or a profitable short-term rental business.
0: Details. It's in the details. It really is in the details. First of all, you sure don't want to overprice yourself. That is a mistake we made when we first launched. And I think that's a common mistake because you see value in it from a personal Aspect as opposed to the actual value in a market where there's other competitive properties. So don't overprice yourself. Don't underprice yourself because that will bring a different set of problems, but don't overprice yourself and be mindful of the details, small little things. So for example, I once stayed at a really cute property and it was lovely, but it wasn't cohesive. So the towels were, all very mismatched, and the pillowcases didn't match. There wasn't sort of a cohesiveness to the, the room we were renting. And it, it had great potential. It was a really cute property. They just hadn't put any sort of effort and thought into the way it would execute. So don't overprice yourself and pay attention to the details. They really are important. And have coat hooks, people, really. <laughs> <laughs> I hate going to a property and you can have six people in the room, but there's only one hook or there's light blinds. So you wake up to the sun screaming at you to wake up, but you might not be somebody who wants to wake up at 7am. You might want to have blackout blinds.
2: Yeah. It's, it's, it's all in the little things.
0: It really, really is. We've had, um, a few different guests who've stayed with us more than once. Uh, we've had one guest, as I mentioned, she stayed with us five times, and she's already placed her sixth booking, and we love her, Deb. And we've had a few others that stay with us over and over again. And for those specific guests that we've developed relationships for, they message our co host what groceries they want in the house. She goes out and she buys them, and then she leaves them the receipt, and then they refund us. It's just, and building that relationship, those those guests that we've had those repetitive visits from they have sent other guests that have stayed with us the one guest who stayed with us five times she's probably given us about 30 referrals of people who've booked
2: yeah wow yeah so it's 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 worth to invest in your people and i'm i'm a big advocate of that i i love my guests too so Mm -hmm. i kind of act the same way um Mm -hmm. I normally charge for that service that you just talked about of going to pick up groceries for people.
0: We build, yeah, we build it. Oh, and okay. we, we yeah. say that there, we, there's a, a fee Perfect. for that. I didn't
2: again. know. I wanted oh, to make sure because.
0: Yeah, no, we build bill bill for that. That's, Please that's
2: build them for it because that's yes. really, really nice. <laughs> we, um, we definitely do. But yeah, so this has been absolutely awesome. It's been a pleasure. Uh, if people are coming to the Fort Lauderdale area, her place is called Secret Garden and it's on Airbnb. Do you have your own website as well?
0: Um, not at the moment. We don't know.
2: Okay. But you'll find it secret garden. Where else can people find you connect with you if they have questions or want to just get to know you because you sound awesome.
0: <laughs> so they can email us at secretgardenairbnb at gmail.com. We're also on social media. So you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram, all at secret garden, FLL.
2: Awesome. Perfect. Well, thank you guys. This has been absolutely great and uh look forward to seeing you all again soon
0: thank you so much for having me it was a wonderful time i really enjoyed it pleasure have a great one bye
2: Bye-bye. bye, bye.